Welcome to Webinaki Windows. I'm your host, Donna Loring. Webinaki Windows is a monthly show featuring Webinaki perspectives, topics, and opinions, as well as interviews with Native artists, writers, and people of interest. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, his name is, he goes by Firefly, and his name is Jason Brown, and he's a member of the Penobscot Indian Nation. Uh, I do want to say that uh, it's glad to be back on air after like two years. And uh, <clears throat> as I was trying to figure out what show I should do first or what topic I should cover, uh, I happened to come across uh, Jason uh, performing on the, uh, at the Kennedy Center uh, on their uh, Facebook Zoom. And I thought it was a fantastic show and uh, Jason did a wonderful job. And so I asked him to be my first guest and he agreed. So I'm really uh, delighted and happy, uh, Jason, to have you on my first show. <laughs> so welcome Donna, to the show. Donna, it's an honor to, uh, to be on your first show here and um, always an honor to speak with you too. Okay, glad you said that. Um, so tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What'd you do? Well, yeah, as you said, um, my name's Jason Brown and um, I perform under the name Firefly. And I am a proud member of the Penobscot Nation. I was raised at Indian Island, Maine and um, currently live in Bangor, um, not too far from our ancestral river, the Penobscot River. And I am, I guess what you'd call a hyper creative. I've, I've always been a, a very creative child and an adolescent and adult. And, um, and um, I just, it's, I guess with me, it's, it's a, it's a compulsion to, um, to explore different ways to express my creativity and to express my culture. And um, of course it's, I feel that it's all gifts from God, from our creator and um, I feel like the gifts come from creator and, and our ancestors hold me up um, and give me the strength to, to accomplish and do everything that I do. And you do do a lot, believe me. Uh, so tell me about your, uh, you have a, a fashion studio? Yes. Tell um, me about the background of that. Definitely. So um, my wife and I, um, my wife is Donna DeConti Brown. She is also Penobscot and First Nations Algonquin from Kitigan ZB, Maniwaki, Quebec. And we grew up together on Indian Island, um, actually met at her fifth birthday party. And now, um, you know, all these years later, you know, we're together and, and we've been married for a while now. And um, we we do this creativity together. Um, and a few years back, we started a company called DeConti and Brown using both of our last names. Um, and this company started um, as a way to explore and present um, adornment and jewelry that we create together. Donna does traditional beadwork and myself, I do silver work, metal work. And now I also do um, stone cutting and lapidary work um, and just creating all kinds of, um, 
you know, wearable art for people to wear. And um, so it's been quite an evolution for us. Um, and it's sort of, a, it just all kind of happen, happens naturally, you know, one thing sort of leads to the other. So we, um, you know, we started with um, DeConti and Brown with the jewelry and the jewelry inspired um, our first pieces of fashion, which, um, you know, we had the vision to take some ideas from traditional Wabanaki clothing and sort of put the concept into, you know, modern um, wearable clothing and, and uh, oh, I'm losing you. Can you improve that? Your you know, was down the runway and from there, and from there it, it evolved um, and um, to us opening, you know, in 2019, we opened the largest fashion, Native American fashion show in the world at Santa Fe Indian Market in front of an audience of um, over a thousand people. And um, so it's been quite an evolution and we, um, you know, we're, we're, we're here for it. We're, we're here for all the abundance and, and, and all of these opportunities that come up. We just, we just take it full force and do the best that we can and try to represent our people the best way that we know how. Well, I'm kind of, I'm fascinated really by the way that you approach your uh, creativity. The fact that you, it's sort of like you're blending tradition and you're bringing in new concepts and sort of blending them into your work. So how did, how did that come about? I, I, I just find it really, uh, really uh, interesting and uh, very creative. Well, I just wanna say personally that for you to be, you know, we're, we're from the same tribe and, and for you to say that to me, it's, it really is an honor. And I take that to heart because the way that we reinterpret and share our culture, you know, um, we, it's, it's nice to hear that feedback because what we really believe is that, you know, our Wabanaki culture is something that has grown and evolved for thousands of years. You know, our ancestors handed it down and handed it down. And, and here we are in this generation. And what are we going to do with it to keep that energy alive? Now, we have so many traditions that we follow in the, in the ways that we do things. Um, but we also feel strongly that, you know, each generation puts their energy and their influence into it and then hands it along. So we really feel like our Wabanaki culture is constantly growing and evolving through the millennia. And, um, and um, I know sometimes people might, um, you know, I, I would say people that are very traditional might be like, well, you can't do that, or you can't do it that way, or why are you doing it that way, you know, and people want to put their parameters on it. And we feel, you know, as you know, what we're doing is just a continuation of, of what our ancestors did. And um, I also feel really strongly that we use, you know, what we do to send the message that Native people are not something of the past. We're not back with the cavemen and the dinosaurs and something that you only read about in books. We are alive. We are breathing. We are living. We are here and we will be here in the future. And by doing what we do, by making it relevant now and by adding futurism to it, um, we are 
letting people know that message? You know, I, I've thought about what you were just talking about. Very uh, deeply, I guess you might say, because people do view us as relics from the past, I think. And uh, it, it's kind of like our old traditional stories. Uh, you know, we would tell them in the, in the wintertime and uh, our families, a generation upon generation, would add something to the story to make it their own, which I think is, is, is true to what you're doing with your art and your music uh, and your creations. And uh, I don't, I think that's, a, that's great. I, I have nothing, I see nothing wrong with that. Uh, on that. But on the other hand too, there are people who, who feel that tradition needs to be kept. And I think that uh, in, in that respect, there are people who keep tradition and uh, that's good because we do need tradition, but we, uh, so that's their work. There are others who have other work and your work seems to be blending uh, tradition uh, and uh, futuristic and making it like a, uh, uh, I don't know how you would say it, a, a hybrid type of product, which I, I, I just find it refreshing. I think it's great. Uh, so. Um, Thank you. So first of all, I, <clears throat> I knew you when you were making uh, jewelry and the, the pieces that you made uh, kind of were very, very different. Uh, can you talk about a couple of those pieces? Uh, the one that comes to my mind that I really liked, uh, and uh, you, you must have put a lot of work into it, but it was like a, a bracelet with uh, the ash. Uh, tell me about that, how that you came to do that. Definitely. Well, um, as many of us Wabanaki are, we come from long lineage of um, beautiful basket weavers. And, you know, um, I... I come from basket weavers myself and um, having been taught to weave and having been fortunate enough, you know, going to school on Indian Island, having been taught, you know, to um, all the stages that in that entails creating a basket from finding the tree to cutting it down to stripping it and pounding it and preparing the ash and then, and then actually weaving. Um, and so having, having that sort of in our in our DNA, in our ancestry, in our blood. Um, I'm always looking for ways to to put things together that maybe they don't seem like they belong together. And so with the techniques that I've learned as a metalsmith, um, very ancient techniques, um, it just kind of clicked one day where I thought of the idea what if I um, create a cuff, a bracelet, and um, in the design, I cut through um, our Wabanaki creation story where Glooscap shot his arrow into the brown ash tree and split it open and we came out of that tree and honor that tradition, you know, of our story and our ancestors and the fact that that's why we still use ash today because that's the tree that we came from. And so what I did was 
I kind of put them together in that way. And, um, and then when I sort of, I guess, went public with it and was showing it at different events and things like that, people really resonated with it. You know, we actually called it the, um, the creation cuff. And um, so that cuff sort of took a life of its own. And um, it's actually, there's um, a couple of different versions of it um, in permanent collections at different museums. And um, I originally started making it in copper and that's back when I was getting my start and I didn't have the, the resources to buy all the silver and, and things like that, but I wasn't going to let it stop me. You know, I'm, I'm not really one to let any limitations or, or roadblocks stop me. I, I always find a way to persevere and find a way around it. And, um, and, you know, it just made me better at what I do for when I could afford the more expensive metals. And um, so now we created in, um, in Argentium silver, and I've actually had inquiries to have it created in gold. Um, and, the cuff itself has won awards at Santa Fe Indian Market. And I've evolved it from the cuff to other pieces of jewelry that incorporate the woven ash. And where that evolved to is um, um, last year, I created a music box that's um, made out of metal and opal and diamond and um, and um, it's complete, the, the ash is trapped in the lids and in the sides of the box. But what I did with the ash, because I'm constantly trying to, I guess, um, you know, I mean, I guess I'm in competition with myself. I, I try not to keep doing things that I've already done. And that's my creative spirit. I always want to try something new and try something different. So I gilded the brown ash with 24 karat gold in the old Italian gilding style. I did some research on how to do that. And so the ash is there, but it has that glimmering um, 24 karat gold over it. And I wove the panels and then inlaid it all together and it just really came out beautiful. And um, so like, like, I feel like everything that I, that I do sort of, it just evolves and one thing leads to another. Yes, I, uh, I knew that was special when I saw that. Uh, but it was way beyond my price range for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, my my dream for that box was um, we call it the, and I always say we because you know Donna and I are such a, a partnership that it's 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 you know it's hard to refer to myself in the singular. Um, but that creation, my my thought behind that was um, you know when you open the box, um, I composed play and um, sing uh, an original song that I created just specifically for that box. And from what we can tell, I'm the first Native American artist and maybe artist of any race that's, you know, created a jeweled music box like that, where they actually created an original song and sing the song that's in the box. And um, we were very fortunate to um, receive um, some beautiful awards and ribbons for that at the Heard Museum show in Phoenix. And um, my vision was, it was in honor of the caribou that have gone extinct here in Maine. And I figure, you know, if our ancestor spirits are still here and we know that, why aren't the caribou spirits still here? And so I had this dream that I would create this magic box that we could take out and set into the woods 
you know, way out in the woods, find a beautiful little patch of green moss and set that box down and open it up. And that song would call out and call the caribou back home. And that's the story behind the reason why I created it. Um, can you, can you sing a few bars of that song? I'm curious. Well, I, I, um, the song, the, the song in its entirety, um, it's called Borealis Caribou Song. It honors the caribou. It also honors the Northern Lights. Uh-huh. And that's, you can, anybody that's um, subscribed to any of the music platforms can look up um, DeConte and Brown and yeah. Borealis Caribou Song, and they can hear the song in its entirety. But the song itself is based off of our traditional Elabajigwe song, which means return to this place right here. And so I did a modern version of that with the traditional chanting. Um, and um, I'd, I'd love to sing a little bit of it for you, but um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm nursing a little bit of a sore throat right at the moment. But definitely check it out. Check it out on, on Spotify or, or um, it's yeah, on okay. YouTube. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so did you sing that song? Uh, for the Kennedy Center, was that one of your songs? Um, so for the Kennedy Center performance, I did sing Alabajigwe, but not the Borealis Caribou version. I sang our traditional version where um, I was actually standing on and in a lake um, at the base of Mount Katahdin where I was um, filmed doing that performance. That was how um, the show ended. Um, in the beginning of the show, I had an opening set and an ending set. And the beginning of the show was a variety of traditional Wabanaki songs. Um, I also have had an original acapella chant that I created. Um, and I did a duet with that with the Cardinal that um, I stuck my boom mic out my um, third floor window and recorded the sounds of a Cardinal that was in a tree and then put that together with my voice and, and created the song called Cardinal Nine. And, and I'm also, I started learning the piano last year. So um, I, I incorporated some piano solos and then I finished that set with a modern song called Snake Dance based on our um, traditional snake dance song and the story that goes behind that. So there's quite a few different songs and, and, and things going on in that performance. Wow, so is that, can anybody see that performance? Is there a site where it's still available? Yes, if you go to um, the Kennedy Center's website and or their Instagram, I'm not their Instagram, their social media, like their Facebook, if you go into the heading for their Arts Across America series, um, you can scroll down and you can find our performance um, that was there. Um, It's called Sacred Resonance. And um, I was fortunate enough with two other main artists to have been hand selected to represent our state. And this was um, through Portland Ovations and Indigo Arts Alliance, which are both based in Portland, Maine. And they approached 
each one of us and we are all people of color, which, which I found very, you know, that was amazing too, um, to give us that opportunity. And um, so there's myself representing Wabanaki. We all, there's also um, another artist that's an incredible writer and poet. And then another artist that is a writer and a, and a song maker and a creative um, doing his thing too. So um, it was quite a collaboration. So it, the other thing that really um, caught my eye in, the, in this uh, Portland article, Portland Sunday Telegram article, uh, there's a, it was a huge article gave you a lot of space. <laughs> I know that was so nice of uh, Bob Keys to do that. Yeah, I, it was great. It has uh, what really drew my attention was uh, you standing with uh, Ruth G Bader Ginsburg. Uh, you talk about meeting her. Yes, um, our first year at Santa Fe Indian Market was 2017 and um, we kind of had an idea what we were in for, but not really until you do it. And um, so to give your listeners an idea, um, they basically shut the streets down of Santa Fe around the plaza and over 1000 Native American artists set up um, in the streets and about 150,000 people come by your booth within two days. Um, so it's, it's quite hectic and quite crazy. And you know, there's many, many times when, you know, there could be five, 10, 15 people all trying to push in and look at your work. And, you know, and that, that can get a little, you know, as a, as a very creative person, sometimes I have a hard time to focus. So um, this lady stepped up to me and she had picked up one of our pieces of jewelry that was on a display. And she very gently and quietly stepped up to me and whispered in my ear, Justice Ginsburg would like to purchase this necklace. And that snapped me like, like I was totally snapped too. And then I looked at her and then I looked at the woman standing next to her. And then I realized who it was because of course she did not have it. And um, need to get closer to And she, um, I'm losing. And she, um, and she, um, yeah, so she, um, so she, she felt connected to to that piece, and um, you know, of course, we 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 did the transaction. We, we 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 didn't speak a lot, you know, but she was just really, you know, she she it just resonated with her, and um, she was, you know, very kind to 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 take some pictures with me, you know, and um, I do have to say you know, for her tiny stature, physical stature, you know, I've, I've rarely felt so much power and energy in a good way, you know, coming off somebody so tiny. And um, she just has, she just had this presence about her, you know, and um, it was, it was an amazing experience. You know, we, we corresponded a few times and um, I helped, um, we, we changed the chain on the piece, you know, so it was more to her taste and, and liking. And, um, and, you know, I invited her to um, come to our first uh, Abbey Museum Indian Market. And she was so sweet to send back, you know, handwritten correspondence saying, thank you for the invite. I can't make it due to my schedule, but um, it's nice of you to offer. And so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the story on that. Wow. 
That's great. Not many people get to actually uh, talk to her and sort of interact with her and have something in writing from her. That's great. Yeah. Well, there's a really interesting story there too. And I, I sort of kept it to myself, you know, um, but um, I actually made the necklace for her twice. And um, what happened was um, um, somewhere along the way, and, and I certainly won't get too personal in the details, but somewhere along the way um, that, that necklace um, disappeared and she contacted me and was upset that, you know, her necklace had gone missing and asked me if I could make her a replacement. And of course I told her right away. So I actually got to make her that necklace twice. Well, that's great. That's great. The, uh, the other thing I was, was, uh, was wondering about is your, uh, let's, let's go to, let's go to, let's stay on the music. Uh, and you have a, a welcome song that uh, you were going to play for us. But before you do that, could you tell me a bit about your idea for it and how it's composed and what you, how you did that? Definitely. So a little bit of background. Um, uh, so many years ago, I was a apprentice with Wadey Akins and Wadey has done a huge amount of research on our traditional music going back to the first recordings that he could find of Wabanaki music that were done on wax cylinders. And um, so I worked with Wadey and we made a drum together and he taught me, we put together a music book and he taught me um, all kinds of different songs. And, you know, some of them I knew, you know, growing up and singing um, and some of them, you know, I had never heard before um, because they're not songs that, you know, a lot of us sing. Um, so when I was approached to do the Kennedy Center, I thought it would be really nice to open at my setup with the welcome song, um, but one that we're not so used to hearing here. And Wadey taught me the Western Abenaki greeting song, and it's just beautiful. And um, so what I did was I took that song and um, I figured out the notes on my piano and then figured out the chords so I could create a three-part harmony. So once I figured that all out, and I had never done this before. So um, for your for your listeners, um, just keep that in mind that this is this was the first time that I've ever tried to harmonize with myself. And so I recorded the three different parts and then put them back together. And the um, this greeting chant is 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 what happened. So Let's hear it. You want to hear it? All I right. Hear it. Definitely want to hear it.
there. That was pretty amazing. You know, you put all those, and those are all your voice. You did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sort of mid-range, low, and then as high as I could get. Yeah, that came out really well. Um, well, thank you. Um, I, 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 I felt, you know, when I listened to it, when I put it together and I listened to it back, um, it elicited an emotional response for me. And um, I guess that was my signal that, you know, that I was onto something with that. And um, I'm really excited to try... Um, that technique with with more of our traditional music. Yeah, so I kind of wondered too, um, you, uh, do you, do you, uh, are you aware, I guess, of, uh, of Jeremy Dutcher and his music? I am. Um, I, I, I've never met Jeremy in person, um, but I definitely am aware of, um, of what he does and um, how he, you know, creates his compositions and, and, and shares um, Wabanaki tradition through his music too. Yeah. And he, uh, he did a, a version. Well, he does his songs too. I guess he started out by listening to these old wax recordings, cylinder recordings as well. So I think you have that in common. I, I just thought you might, you might have run into him or uh, talked to him about creative ideas or whatever. So maybe in the future, huh? <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, are you, do you have an album? I do have an album. So what what i was able to do um with the with the kennedy center set um everything was was you know professionally captured um and so um i was able to take my performance and turn it into an album called sacred fire my my set um the the show itself was called sacred resonance and my performance piece within that overall show um i titled sacred fire and so i thought you know, why not create an album too? So I did, I did release that album. Um, actually, um, right, it was ready to go right after um, it aired. And then I sort of went public and then offered, offered the album um, for sale. Um, I've, I've, I have released things digitally on different platforms. Um, and I thought, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of people too ask me, you know, do you have a CD? Do you have a CD? And I know some people may think that that's sort of going backwards or that's an older form of technology that people aren't really using anymore. But, but many, many people still listen to CDs and actually, um, you know, uh, records are coming back too. You know, they, they've been back um, and there are lots of artists are re-releasing. They actually have things on vinyl. And um, so this, this time around where I had released stuff digitally um, on the streaming services, I really thought, you know, to try this time to release this album on a CD. So it's only available on a CD and it, it certainly can be purchased. Um, you know, if you go to fireflythehybrid.com, you can um, follow the, the links there to, to purchase the CD. Okay. So um, I'll probably just uh, add some on the site where the, uh, where we're going to archive the show. 
we'll put some information up uh, about your CD and uh, other any other site information you want out there. Oh, thank you. That would that would be incredible. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, I want to I want to do the songs your your next song. So you can tell me about that. Uh, okay. Definitely. Um, so you know, many, many people have heard me do the traditional style music. Um, and, um, but I, you know, when we started doing fashion shows, um, we, you know, when you do a fashion show, you got to have something for the models to walk to and something to get the audience going, you know? Um, and so I created our own, um, runway music, um, to complement our stories or the the fashion and the stories that we were trying to tell, you know, through the items that we sent down the runway. And so that's sort of how the music evolved. Um, you know, the jewelry came first, then the fashion and then the music. And um, so what I, um, what I, what, what I really wanted to do was um, create, try to create a song that's, that's really, really modern. Um, and um, not solely just have it be, you know, traditional chanting um, and see if I could base it off of, um, you know, put some traditional chanting in there, but, but have it really read as, as a, or really sound like a, a really modern song. Maybe even, you know, maybe it's, maybe even might be a little ahead of its time. Maybe it's a song for the future, but I released it last year um, and it's called Love and Light. Um, what you gonna do? And um, the story behind that song um, is, you know, th the message behind it is, um, you know, we 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 live with a lot of um, fear and anxiety that's projected onto us and and brought out in us. And um, you know, Donna and I's philosophy is to try to stay in 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 the love and in the light and to try to um, embrace that and try not to be, you know, scared of everything and try not to be fear driven and fear based, you know, and like everything's a threat and, oh, we, as a society, we have to be scared of this and we have to be scared of that. And, um, and trying to, trying to help in some way to, um, to elevate the frequency and, um, and bring, bring those good vibes in. So I'd love to play that song for you. Sure. We'd love to hear it.
can hear you yeah yep sorry about that i have i have two dogs that like to bark so oh well hey i i'm trying to keep a hound dog quiet in here <laughs> but we let them go together make i know a, right make song. I, well it, <laughs> hey it's the music they can't help it but you know the message behind that song um is you know um love and light is why i'm here you're in my way move over there and um i was always a type that felt like, you know, I'm very overly optimistic and, and um, feeling like, you know, like I always have to have to help or, or maybe even to, to a point like change. And then at some point I realized like people have free will and, and it's not my role to change anybody, you know, but it's just my role to, um, to, to bring good energy into whatever I do. So if, you know, if you're in, into the, the bad energy and the negative energy and all that, well, then, you, you know, it'd be lovely if you could change, but, you know, love and light is why we're here. You're in our way, move over there. You know, if you want to come along for the positive, you know, love and light journey, great. If not, well, that's up to you too. And, um, you know, so that's, that's the, the message behind that. And, you know, as the verse goes, you know, um, in the second verse, I say, you know, fear of this, fear of that. You wear it like a bright red hat. You're scared and lost without a way. Try love and light. You better start today. So just a strong message about 
finding finding that peace and finding that that love and that positive energy and taking taking something that's you know bad and and trying to instead of taking that bad energy into yourself and holding it how can you take it in and then flip it and send it back out to the world in a positive way you know i think that's a great message especially for today and the events that have been happening uh nationwide so exactly it's a great it's a great song it's a uh, really good idea and uh, and that energy really needs to go nationwide I think it's a great, it's great timing for that thank you thank you I um, you know if anybody wants to hear it you know that song is available um, under Firefly on Spotify and iTunes and all the other ones so go ahead and um, stream it stream it baby yep hey that sounds like a great idea to do that um you, uh, I noticed that uh, you, you have uh, uh, plans to open a, a shop or some sort. A you mean a physical store? A physical store? I, I might have misread it. it was on the uh, on your Facebook page. I think it was uh, today about uh, plans to open up a show or an exhibit. Um, no, 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 we don't, we don't have plans to open a, a an actual uh, physical store. No. Okay. Uh, Something yeah. online that you. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, we, we, we have a uh, which, you know, um, um, our fashion, um, our, our, um, collectible um, carry-all totes um, that have beautiful artwork on them. Those are available there. And then also jewelry is available. Um, but other than that, you know, we, we sell different galleries, um, sell our work. And then, you know, when, whenever it's safe to do so again, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll be back out on the um, Native American art circuit. Just trying to figure out what I what I was reading. Just saw that today on uh, on Facebook. On oh, interesting. You said you're going to make an announcement of some sort. Um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, that was okay. a that was a teaser. We actually we had a we had a um, production crew in our home yesterday um, filming us for. Uh, for a TV show um, that I, I can't say much more than that at this oh, point, but <laughs> I know. Right. But um, it, it's amazing that in one week, you know, I, we, I go from, you know, being interviewed for TV and now doing this wonderful show with you. So it's, it's been a week of blessings for sure. Huh. So uh, when is this uh, TV show going to, when are we going to see the, the results, the results? So the TV show, um, from what we're told, the TV show will air in April, um, and we were, you know, we're we're able to spill the beans before them. So if you keep an eye on, you know, um, our social media, we'll definitely when we have the the go ahead to to announce that we we will and we'll let everybody know what that's all about. But it's very exciting. It's hard, it's definitely hard to keep it to ourselves. So uh, what kind of show is it going to be? Well, 
it's um <laughs> there how can i say it without giving it away um it's um it's gonna be on tv just remember <laughs> <laughs> and um and um they're 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 highlighting us um and they're they're we were we were selected um amongst a group of of other uh, business owners to um be featured um through through this through this show um and honestly other other than that i can't say much more about it <laughs> i don't want to get them upset at me okay at least we know it's coming and uh, we'll be oh yes Yes, it's definitely coming, and I promised them I would follow their lead on um, on how much I let out there and when. Oh, okay, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Then I'll keep I'll keep my eye on your uh, on your site. Um, well, you know, um, there's too little, there's too few surprises in the world these days, right? So it's right, good to, right. good to have a little mystery. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what else you got going? We, um, we, yeah, we're, we're actually, um, yeah. What, what else do we have going? I know. Right. Um, I'm, you know, I work on music every day. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm working on new, new, um, new songs, new ideas. You know, um, I, I continue to, um, to learn and to practice piano every day. Um, I'm really adamant about, about learning to to play that instrument um, and create, you know, new compositions, new melodies, new songs, um, and also to um, to take our traditional music and to find new ways to to interpret it and to share it. Um, I am working. Um, I think at this point, you know, um, we there's. Um, there's different people that were in talks with different things about nothing's really been, you know, um, put, you know, in stone per se. Um, no pun intended since I work with stones, but, um, um, we, um, we're, we're just sort of open for the experience and the journey and, um, just creating and, and seeing, seeing what, what happens next. Um, I, um, you know, um, I am marketing, you know, Fireflies performances, you know, um, for different um, art shows and different events and things like that. So if, if you know, schools or conferences, everything's done Zoom and, and online and digital now. So I've, I've had the honor of um, opening, you know, the, the Women's March in Portland um, with, with a welcome song. Um, I had the honor of opening um, a conference of um you know teachers that was based out of california um that you know teaching teachers how to um include diversity and sensitivity and and how they teach and um they they brought me on to do a performance for that and um you know the different um, native american art markets that will probably be going virtual this year i'm in talks with some of the major ones too um to do digital performances um for them as well so it's um i've been able to create um a performance space with with all of the backdrops and the lights and everything that i need in the equipment um 
you know, to, to be able to offer, offer that. And um, so that's what we're, that's what we're working on. You know, I continue to um, fill orders for Ducanti and Brown and, and create jewelry and, um, and work on the fashion as, as that comes in. And Donna and I do that together. Um, and, um, you know, Donna is, is, um, is, um, I mean, I know, uh, I couldn't do it without her, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, where we, we both bring a different set of skills to the table where, where I'm a hyper creative, you know, I might not be the most organized person and she is, you know, she's meticulous and detailed and just hyper organized and keeps everything, you know, keeps all the balls in the air and keeps everything rolling. And um, it really is a, a wonderful partnership on so many different levels. So do you, uh, do you do much at museums? We do, you know, we, um, we had the honor, um, in 20, 2019, um, to be the first ever fashion show that was held at the Colby Fine Art Museum. And they, they were, you know, we had a beautiful production there. They set up a, a beautiful runway stage, um, right through their gallery. And, um, you know, we brought on, um, you know, local models, many of them Wabanaki, some of them related to us, um, and, um, and, you know, did a performance there, um, did a runway show. So we were able to share the music and the clothing and all that. And then we sort of had an after party um, at the end where we were able to meet and talk with people about the outfits and all the models were there. So people could get up close and actually see the detail, the beadwork um, and all the handiwork that goes into into the into the um, creations, and um, we're we're always being approached by different museums, you know, that either want to add pieces to their permanent collection or want to um, put our work in shows that they're doing. Um, and um, so we're 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 always open for that and um, and working working towards that too. We love museums. That's our, that's, you know, Donna and I, Donna and I, um, we're not able to have children and, you know, and we've, we've accepted that. And, um, you know, we, we rescue beautiful, uh, hound dogs and, and we just love them right to death. But, you know, people have children, um, as a way to leave a legacy. And Donna and I decided, you know, that, the way that we would leave our legacy is through our creativity. And so the more, you know, museums and people that collect our work, you know, the, the stronger that legacy will be. Well, I'm telling you, you use, you're leaving one heck of a legacy already. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's too bad that uh, this is radio because uh, you, you've had some really uh, impressive uh, vision. You know, you, you have this, these lights and action and colors and all the stuff when you perform. And uh, I kind of was wondering, where did you get the name Firefly? How'd you come up with that? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the last. 
I know, right? So, you know, what you, you know is probably even more so than I do, you know, like within our tradition, they, they always say, you know, like, um, you know, people say, well, what's your Indian name, you know, and I was always told that it has to be given to you that you can't give it to yourself, you know. And um, when I made the decision to start performing, um, um, I, I was trying to come up with a name, you know, that I could perform under that was more exciting than Jason Brown, because, you know, that's, just does not doesn't have a lot of ring to it, you know. Even though that is my name, and um, and so I was, you know, looking through our our dictionary trying to find different, you know, Penobscot words that might apply. But then I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm trying to name myself. I'm I'm not supposed to do that, you know. And um, but I never was giving given an, an, a native name. And um, to be quite honest with you, you know, um, I I'm incredibly spiritual i'm not religious but i'm very spiritual and um and um you know just to i guess oversimplify it um that name was given to me by spirit hmm. and yeah. i even questioned them i said i are, are you sure that like firefly is that is that really what you want me to call myself and they were adamant that 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 was the name that i use and almost as if to um validate that gift of that name um donna and i have lived in our house in bangor for 15 years and um after that name came through early spring um late spring um we started it started in the car um this is a really cool story um i noticed this little this little bug that i've never seen before and it, it actually almost um, crawling and then it started crawling on me and um looked like a, a little i don't know what it was but I said, oh, that's interesting. And then we saw one in the house. And then I I took a picture of it and I was able to find the the what it was online. And it was a firefly larvae. And then throughout, um, then they all started hatching. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you, Donna. We had fireflies in our house. We had fireflies flying all around our yard and these the flyer the fireflies were out in the day we never saw them at night blinking in our yard but they were in our yard during the day and um and in the 15 years that we've lived here in bangor we've never once seen this bug or ever seen a firefly in our yard we usually go up you know up to the island and hang around the pond or something to see them um but i said you know what that spirit trying to letting us know like that that's a validation right there as far as i'm concerned right well that's a great story um so i think we've come to the end of our time and uh, i want to thank you jason for uh, agreeing to be on the show uh, you're a great guest um and uh thank you all for listening in uh this is uh webinacky windows and i'm your host donna loring and uh, we'll see you again next month for another Webinaki Windows. Thank you. <laughs>